When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy game day, everybody, and welcome back into the VFL's Players Lounge. It's brought to you by the Volunteer Club, powered by Spire Sports, and there is a big one today. It's Tennessee at LSU, the 4-0 Vols, visiting the 4-1 Tigers of LSU, a top 25 showdown, number 8 Tennessee and number 25 LSU. I'm Eric Kane. Welcome back into the VFL Players Lounge. Every single game day right here on VolQuest, we've got you covered, and we chat uh, with a variety of former Vols, and this week I'm really excited to bring on to the show. Uh, we've got a guy that's played very, very well in that 2005 game against LSU, former running back Gerald Riggs. Gerald, what's up, man? Not much, man. How you doing? Hey, doing really, really well. Looking forward to you recalling a lot from that football game back in 05 and kind of previewing this game moving forward to today. Yeah, man, that was uh, that was definitely one of the more memorable games I ever played in. Uh, just having a chance to go down there and um, get a big win against a against a good team um, under some crazy circumstances, man. It was it was it was a good one, man. But it was fun. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. It's uh, it's one to look back on for sure. So we got Gerald Riggs. We got the running backs covered, and now let's bring on a guy that you're probably very familiar with in Jason Swain here in the Knoxville market. Swainer, what's up, dude? What's up? What's up, guys? Hey, what's going appreciate on, you uh, being on here for, uh, for sure here today, and. We'll just go ahead and get started, guys. Uh, you know, Gerald, you kind of mentioned a few things right there, but Jason, it's it's LSU. You know, for this game in particular, you know, what's it mean for Tennessee today? It's uh, I feel like every game's a big one. Obviously, you only get so many, but this one really is a, another top twenty-five showdown for Tennessee. It's a new challenge uh, again for a team that has uh, shown a lot of resiliency. I mean, they haven't been necessarily impressive offensively uh, at times. Uh, look uninterested in playing playing football uh, but they found a way they found ways to win uh, they've been down several games but uh, they found ways to win they have athletes all over uh, first year coach Brian Kelly you understand that he's trying to kind of build his culture and, and and work with the guys that he has a lot of transfers but the atmosphere is always dynamic down there in Baton Rouge doesn't matter if the game is at <laughs> uh, 11 a.m central time or if it's a night game so uh, I know Tennessee uh, is preparing for that noise. Gerald, what have you thought of Tennessee so far this year? It's obviously, you know, it's early in the season. You play a couple mm -hmm. cupcakes. It is what it is. But, you know, two power fives, of course, Florida last weekend. I bet that was obviously an electric feeling for, you know, uh, former balls to get that win over Florida. But what have you th what have you uh, liked and seen from Tennessee so far this year? Um, I've liked our energy this year. I, I think we've, you know, taken turns in terms of just – Overall, as a team, uh, coming out and being and trying to be consistent. Like I said, it's not against the greatest of competition just of yet, but you know I'm seeing good things that you know from last year. Um, you know, are, are are a big change. I think our offense obviously is, you know, gotten more continuity from the standpoint we had guys in that offense longer. Um, 
you know, still want to see some different things from our defense. We'd love to see us get a little bit more pressure on the quarterback. But other than that, I think we've, you know, done pretty well so far. But getting into the uh, to the meat of our schedule, to say, you know, we'll see exactly uh, what kind of team we for, we are for real. Would you have liked to have played in this offense? With the holes that they're getting, absolutely. I mean, there, <laughs> I mean, there's some wide open holes uh, from the run game standpoint, just with how we do things in the passing game and how everybody's got to cover the whole field and everything opens up. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> with the uh, the backs we had at the time, I think we probably would have, you know, we would have run from <laughs> close to three thousand as a team. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, some really, really good running backs back in your day, of course, and uh, you being one of them. Jason, you know, we, we hear you every single day, noon to three on the Sports Animal with Josh Ward. But, you know, what's your what's been your biggest takeaway so far of Tennessee this year? Has it been pretty much what you expected? Any surprises and any concerns maybe entering today or moving forward? I mean, there's always concerns. Uh, I think anytime you are – uh, the beginning of the football season. I mean, Tennessee's only played four games, so there's a ton of weaknesses. Uh, there's a ton of strengths. And uh, your opponent, it's their job to exploit those weaknesses into a win. Uh, for Tennessee, you haven't had an opponent be able to exploit the weaknesses enough to, to win. Uh, you have seen the defense play uh, you know, poorly at times, but you've also seen defense help win games. Uh, that happened at Pittsburgh. We've seen the offense play poorly at times. Um, so LSU, it's their job to try to exploit the weaknesses of Tennessee to, to win. Um, and so far it's been really hard to do. Um, I've been, you know, I've been impressed with, um, how we've been able to have guys step in, uh, Tillman being out and Romel Keaton and Bruce McCoy go out there and, and make big plays. Uh, I'm a big Jabari Small fan. Love that he has gained the weight. Um, and how he played against Florida, very, very proud of him. Um, our front seven has, I thought, I thought grown up a lot, and, and they're playing better. Uh, the back end, they got to get better because uh, they're going to be challenged in a huge way. I thought Florida did a really good job of exploiting that weakness, and I think op opponents moving forward will see opportunities in the passing game. When you look at LSU, Jason, um, obviously there's some there's some injury concern there at quarterback, but I think he's going to be okay and be able to go today. But it looks like to me like an offense that's kind of, you know, they, they look they look pretty decent at times, and then it looks like they have no clue what's going on at times. Defensively, it looks like a good ball club. And, of course, the, they'll, they'll face their biggest challenge today. But offensively, it looks like it's kind of a work in progress. Defensively, it looks like a pretty solid unit. Yeah, offensively, you know, Jaden Daniels is, is their best running back. He's the best option on the ground. And uh, I think the main reason is because he hasn't been able to trust himself throwing the football. Um, and you got to be able to, to spend time with your receivers to throw the ball before they're open because you trust that they're going to be in the right place. Well, those guys haven't had that time. Jaden Daniels transferred from Arizona State. Um, you have some talented wide receivers, but – that trust factor is not there yet. And you can tell. Um, that's why he's not letting the ball go um, before guys are open, and that's why he's pulling the ball down and running. Now, they've had success doing it um, to a certain extent, but, again, it's a weakness of theirs, and their upcoming opponent, which is Tennessee, will try to exploit that weakness. Uh, Auburn did a good job uh, for most of the football game, and that's why they were up 17 nothing at one point. Uh, but LSU's offense is work in progress. Uh, for sure. Uh, LSU's defense have athletes all over the field. Uh, Ojolari mm -hmm. is a problem uh, for opposing mm -hmm. quarterbacks, especially guys who want to hold the ball uh, in the pocket. 
Hendon Hooker hasn't been able, hasn't done that. He hasn't had that issue uh, at all. LSU has not faced an offense like like Tennessee. So um, first year head coaches and, and, and DCs, um, they tend to have a little bit of an issue. Even though Matt House did go up against Josh Heupel when he was offensive coordinator in Missouri, but I don't think Missouri ran this type of offense uh, that we're seeing from Tennessee uh, when Heupel was at Missouri. Hey Gerald, you know when you look at um, when you look at LSU, they've got about four running backs. That's I mean mm-hmm. they, they don't have a bell cow. They don't they don't have a, a guy that they can truly say, hey, go get us the, these yards. I mean, all four of their running backs that they played all you know have around twenty eight to thirty carries. Mm-hmm. If you're a running back in that system, kind of how difficult is that? Not I mean, knowing that you'll probably get to play, but also <laughs> just not knowing kind of what the plan is week to week. It, it can be difficult because you never. I mean, you want to get into a rhythm. Obviously, you know, sometimes, you know, good backs usually take a couple carries to get in the game and get going. Uh, when you're in a situation like that, you know, you're always just switching in and out. So it's hard to get a rhythm uh, in that situation, which can be tough, <clears throat> especially when you need a lot of production out of that position. Um, you know, it, it just depends on how that room is, how that room is situated. You know, I remember when I was in school, we had um, we had several running backs that would go in, in and out the game. And we just got we settled into the fact that, hey, when you get in, you, you make the most of your opportunities. Everybody has their strengths and weaknesses and what they do well. And when you get in, you do the things that you that you do well and, and, and just focus on those. Um, so it, it just kind of depends on what kind of leadership you have in that room uh, and, you know, how those guys, you know, get ready for games and get going. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. I mean, I just it, it is it, it's just really hard to get in a rhythm like that when you when you have, you know, just guys coming in and, you know, in and out. It's really it's really tough. Kind of, kind of a sidebar here, but I mean, when you were at Tennessee, Gerald, I mean, you had, I mean, you, you guys, both of you and Jason both had some, had some guys on that team. But for you in particular, you had some guys in that running back room, man, that you just sat mm-hmm. back, you watched, you learned, you played with, you complimented, and then when they left, you were, I mean, you were the guy. I mean, how, how cool was that experience? I know you probably get asked this question all the time, but mm-hmm. I mean, man, that was that, that was what a room that that was a crazy room. Uh, yeah, it was it was great for me because you know it, it was a lot of it was always competition. I mean, you had to show up every single day in practice. You had to show up every single time you got your opportunity in the game. Uh, you never got a chance to sit back and just say, "Well, hey, man, you know I'm the guy now. I, I can kind of relax and and, and and go out there and just enjoy playing." You had to you had to show up every day with your A game uh, because you know you could get your spot taken real quick. You know what I mean? But, which was great for us because you know it it it, it made us get ready for the games and made us be ready. Uh, you know, for our opportunities when they came. You know, I remember when I was a young guy, uh, you know, when I came in, obviously Travis had just left the year before. So, you know, Cedric and Jabari were there. And, you know, we had some other guys that were kind of in the mix. Derek got moved to receiver. But, you know, just having to always compete with those guys for that playing time. And then I remember when I finally, you know, got in there and was in there on a regular basis, uh, you know, the way Ced and I just kind of fed off of each other. It was It was great. You know, hey, when he was up, you know, we, I would back him when I was up, same thing. You know, there would be times where, you know, in certain games, um, you know, he would be struggling a little bit. And, you know, i come in and, and, uh, and, and you know, do my thing and, and kind of break things open and vice versa. So it was it, – and then when uh, Monterio and, and, uh, and Aaron got there as well, same thing. You know, when those guys got their opportunity, uh, you know, they, they had to fight, fight and claw and scratch for every opportunity that they got. But when they did, they made the most of it. So – it was it was great to be in that in in that setting in that running back room and I think the leadership that uh, started out with 
like I said, with, with uh, Cedric and, and, and Jabari, some of those guys that were there before kind of understood how things went and it just passed it down, you know, from guy to guy. And, you know, we had, we had some good years for, out of everybody. We're going to get back to LSU in a minute, I promise. But uh, one other question kind of on that, correct me if I'm wrong, you and, you and Cedric Houston had a, had a year where both of you guys ran for a thousand yards, right? Yes. Yeah. I think that we were, that, I that think doesn't we happen in today's to football it. too often, two 1000 yard rushers. I think we were the first to do it um, in the SEC. And then I think, I think the next one was Darren McFadden and uh, Felix Jones. They did yeah. it a couple of years later, uh, which, you know, to me was crazy because you would think with all the great backs that Tennessee has had over the years that, uh, you know, that something like that would have happened once already or before or a couple of times before. But, you know, I was just, you know, I, I just remember being <laughs> astonished that, you know, we were the first two to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly something that obviously I remember pretty, uh, pretty well from back in my childhood. Hey, Jason, when you look at, at LSU, one of the more intriguing storylines I think coming up for today is obviously Hendon Hooker and Tennessee's passing attack and and how they're going to get there. But that secondary for LSU, man, it is patchwork. It is, and I say that, and like I, you know, we'll see how good they are. But they're all transfers. I mean, Jay Ward is a safety who's been there for a while, but you have two safeties that came over from Arkansas. You have three cornerbacks. You know, one from Oklahoma State, Ohio State, one from Louisiana. All these guys. I played a whole lot of football. Um, I, I feel like that's going to be something, obviously, Tennessee's going to try to exploit because this will be game number six that they play together. They're probably still trying to figure out how to play off one another, right? No, for sure. And, and uh, Gerald's 1,000-yard season, Houston's 1,000-yard season, you know, uh, it helps to have receivers downfield blocking to spring those big runs, Jerry. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, I'm just saying, the receivers, you know, they – they do something too, you know. They block too. For you, hey, for you hey what back. is it? It's it's linemen block for first downs, receivers block for touchdowns. Is that right? That's right. That's right. So <laughs> you know, I feel like I feel like I'm a part of history too here. So, um, yeah, LSU's defensive backfield. You mentioned it, Eric. They they have some guys that uh, they haven't played a lot together, and I think that's important when you are trying to. Um, throw off the opposing offense by, by stemming around, um, you know, showing cover two pre-snap, rolling the cover three, uh, trying to disguise some coverages. Uh, you got to know where you need to be on the snap of the football. Um, also, it's very, very helpful to know your teammates. So if you have a, a corner of your safety and, uh, you know, you need to help to that particular side versus this receiver, um, it helps when you play a lot of football, football together. Um, these guys may not have all the time to stem around to disguise coverages because of the tempo uh, of Tennessee, but it's going to be a, a phenomenal challenge because athletically, like you don't play LSU if you don't if you don't have athleticism, but they don't have the, the chemistry because they haven't played a long time together. Like for Tennessee secondary, um, they may have their shortcomings, but at the safety position, these guys have played a long time together and they kind of know what each other's thinking and, and what each other's doing pre-snap and you know uh, they've had a lot of experience together so when you look at LSU's secondary there's plenty of opportunities uh for sure when you look at Josh Heupel's um experience and, and how he likes to dissect certain defenses each game presents a, a new opportunity you look at last two weeks ago against Florida where Bruce McCoy is wide open in the scene well uh, that's something that they saw on film with motion and those guys not being able to shift and be in the right position. So I'm pretty sure Josh Heifel sees plenty of opportunities on film 
uh, from LSU's previous four games. What's the answer for B.J. Ojolari? Is it uh, you know six-man <laughs> protection with a tight end, a running back? I mean, that guy, one-time Tennessee commit, that guy's a stud. No, he is. And, you know, we saw Hayden Hooker run some 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 speed option where you just don't even block the guy. You just read him. Let him go. Whatever. Just, right. he, can't, he can't tackle two guys at once. So, uh, Hendon leg was, was, was a big part of Tennessee's offensive success against Florida. I anticipate that Hendon is going to have to run uh, against LSU. You hope that he doesn't take the same type of shots. Uh, but I think his legs will be important in this one. Uh, and then it comes down to in, individual play. Uh, you have tackles that have done a pretty good job. You know, Gerald Mincy and Darnell Wright. Hey, this is what it's like playing in the SEC. You're going to play against guys who are going to play on Sundays, and Ojolari is one of those guys. Yeah, no doubt. He is a he is a good one for sure. Gerald, when you look at LSU, this is a team that, you know, I, I think there's talent on that on that roster. I think mm -hmm. they can beat you if you're not ready. I mean, Tennessee goes Absolutely. in there today and doesn't have their A game. They can come back with a loss, no doubt about it. But I don't think that they're a team that's obviously going to win, you know, win the SEC this year, obviously. Uh, but they have shown some great resiliency down 13 mm -hmm. nothing to Mississippi State. Uh, as Jason pointed out, down 17 nothing to Auburn last weekend. I mean, they have come back. They have not quit. And, and to me, that says <laughs> with, with all the, the with all the jokes in week one on the national championship or the national stage that lost to FSU. Right. It, it shows to me that there's some buy in there. I mean, what does that say to you in terms of a team that just comes back and, and just isn't giving up so far this season? Well, like Swain said earlier, you know, you, you have to be uh, a certain type of guy you know, to be playing at, at a LSU, you know what I mean? Like those, a lot of those guys come from successful programs, um, you know, and, and let's not, let's not forget, you know, they haven't had that much success the last couple of years, but, you know, I don't think that's a tribute to talent. I think that's just a tribute to, you know, some of the situation that they've just been in with, with coaching and, you know, turnover and things like that. Um, you know, every SEC team pretty much, you know, you got to understand that when you show up to play them, um, it's it's going to be a dog fight, you know. You know, regardless of the record, regardless of uh, what's going on, you know, those teams are going to step up and play, and, you know, play as hard as they can, especially when they have an opportunity to play against somebody to either ruin their season or to, you know, show that they hey maybe they're a lot better than what everybody thinks that they are. You know what I mean? And 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 that's you know that's the that's the fun thing about playing in the SEC is that you know every week you're going to get um, every team's A game, especially when you're uh, a, a team that's you know ranked in the top ten. Uh, national stage everybody's going to be watching you um you know it's just it's it's hard to go out there and 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 just imagine that those guys are going to lay down and, and and just say well hey man you know it's just not our day today they're going to they're gonna step, definitely step up and fight lsu's given up just 109 yards on average per game on the ground which is really really stout again the two blowouts in there against southern and new mexico state but still uh, for tennessee and and again something jason spoke on a moment ago you know hinton hooker's gonna have to run uh, he, it's just such a good part of Tennessee's offense. He's got to learn how to right. finish those runs and get down, get out of bounds. He takes too many hits, but right. he'll run. But I feel like, you know, for today, Tennessee's going to have to get some running going with with obviously small and right. Uh, mm -hmm. I feel like you don't go on the road in the SEC and win a football game like this unless you can, you know, competently run the football and have that threat on the ground. Yeah, absolutely. Your, your running game has to uh, step up in a game like this. You know, I think, like you know, last week, I, I thought they did some good things in the run game. Uh, I would have liked to see a little bit more uh, from it, just from a standpoint, you know, we could break a few more tackles. 
um, you know, maybe get some of those long, some of those uh, big holes that we're getting and may able to take some more of those uh, the distance. I think, we, you know, we're considerably better than we were last year. Uh, you know, those guys are trying to run a little bit more physical and and and, and have more of, of an effect on the defense. But, you know, in a game like this, you know, I think somebody's got to have a breakout game. Somebody's got to step up and, you know, be able to go for, you know, 120, 130 yards in a game like this. And, and 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 really take the game over because like you said you don't want Hendon Hooker taking too many shots you know he does great a great job running the ball when he has to um, you know he, he he obviously puts a lot of pressure on the defense and that's a big part of the offense but you know again with a long season you don't want him taking too many shots and then against a defense like this uh, you know it's one of those that will catch him if he if he if he's not if he's not careful so. Um, you know, one of those running backs, like I said, just has to step up and, and make this kind of a statement game for them. Uh, we're going to take a trip down memory lane here in just a couple of moments on that 2005 game. LSU, both these guys played in that football game. Uh, but first, I, I want to get some uh, I want to get some keys to victory, if you will. Jason, I know you probably had these on on uh, Friday's Josh and Swain show, of course. But kind of what are you looking for t- if Tennessee does this well? Tennessee is going to win the football game outside of the obvious of you know, Hendon Hooker's got to be on, protect the football, stuff like that. Well, I mean, you can't you can't let Daniels go for Matt Corral numbers on the ground. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, that was just ridiculous. Couple uh, last year where he had 195 yards. I don't think, uh, I don't know, but uh, you can't let you can't let Daniels go for over 100 yards. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I thought Tennessee did a pretty good job of keeping Anthony Richardson's numbers down on the ground. Uh, as much as possible. Now he was efficient from from the pocket. Um, I don't think Daniels will will do that. But hey, Richardson did some things that we haven't seen all season. Did it against us. So I just think it's important to take away their security blanket, which is Daniels running the football. So keeping him uh, in check in the pocket. Uh, I think defensively, don't help LSU out by by turning the ball over. I mean Auburn mm-hmm. had. LSU right where they wanted them. I mean, 17 nothing at home, had all the momentum. Uh, and then their backup, backup quarterback is rolling out. Instead of going north and south, he's going east and west. And they allowed B.J. Ojalari to get to him and uh, create a, a fumble. And LSU scooped and scored and, you know, put a touchdown on the board that wasn't on offense. So uh, you don't want LSU to be able to score uh, special teams or set up uh, a play where their offense has a short field. And then you certainly don't want to give up a touchdown, special teams, whether it's kickoff return, uh, punt return, or block punt, uh, anything of, of that nature. So force LSU's offense to score points. And uh, they've mm-hmm. shown they're just not that great at it, honestly. Um, and then I think for, for Tennessee's defense, don't don't allow uh, the passing game to to be born against, against you. Uh, I think that's very, very important. Um, offensively, I mean, come on, guys. Like, this tempo is going to give LSU some trouble. So mm-hmm. don't turn it over. Uh, I think it's important that, you know, our receivers uh, in the slot, our receivers on the outside, just continue to do what they did uh, against Florida. I just don't have a lot of concerns about Tennessee's offense because of what I've seen so far. But it would be nice, guys, to see Tennessee's tight ends uh, be more uh, more involved. Florida game. You know, Princeton Fant had a rough first quarter, but he bounced back uh, mm-hmm. and made a couple of third down catches. Uh, Jacob mm-hmm. Warren had a nice catch on the wheel route. Uh, I want to see more of the tight ends being being used, and um, I think if you do that, 
you, you should take care of business. I think Florida is a better team than LSU, but this week you're playing on the road, Death Valley. So just like 05, hopefully we see some frozen oranges thrown at the bus because <laughs> beer because those guys and everything are, else. Yeah, man. Hopefully we see that because those guys are pissed off that they lost. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, Gerald, what, what's, what, what's some of those keys to victory today for you? What's Tennessee got to do to, to come back with a win? Um, uh, same thing, kind of like what Swain touched on, you know, biggest thing is limit the turnovers, win the turnover battle. Um, don't, you know, I think from a standpoint of the special teams game, make a, make, make a big play early in special teams, take the crowd out of the game, you know, where, you know, you gotta understand when you're on the road in the SEC the crowd has a lot to do with it. You know, if, the, if that home team kind of gets going and, and is able to make a couple plays early and gets that crowd involved and you know gets loud and starts affecting what the with uh with the away team's offense does um you know that can be a huge problem so get some get some big plays early um you know maybe it's definitely in special teams maybe you know get a punt or get a punt uh, punt return for some good yardage or maybe you know hopefully even score um you know from that standpoint I think defensively you know same thing don't allow them to just kind of settle into their offense right like let you know keep them keep them on their toes, keep them, you know, keep them having to guess what to do. Um, offensively for us, you know, just stay out of bad situations, really stay out of bad situations. Uh, don't turn the football over. Obviously, like I touched on before, you know, get some, get some things going in the run game, get that run game going early because you know, they're already going to be, uh, uh, you know, on their heels from a standpoint of the tempo and the passing game and the way that we do things. So, you know, having that run game, you know, kind of step up and play a lot bigger in a game like this, I think that would, really uh set the tone for for the for the team and hope uh we got about 15 more minutes left here with gerald riggs and jason swain tennessee and lsu coming up later today 11 a.m local time noon eastern time and of course you can watch on espn you can listen to the ball radio network and you can follow along with us uh, on the general quarters and on twitter at VolQuest underscore on three uh, for continual updates throughout the game and of course your post game coverage everything you want uh, do want to thank the VFL. The VFL Players Lounge is brought to you by the Volunteer Club. Couldn't do it without Spire Sports. And here's a message from the Volunteer Club. The game has changed and Spire Sports is here. With name, image, and likeness arriving, your orange fandom can now be put into action. Visit thevolunteerclub.com and become a member. 90% of every dollar generated through the Volunteer Club, powered by Spire, will go directly to athletes to improve the student-athlete experience at Tennessee. It's not just about winning the next game. It's about next season. It's about the next generation. It's about the Tennessee legacy. Join at thevolunteerclub.com. That's thevolunteerclub.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.
All right, we're back here on the BFL Players Lounge. We got Gerald Riggs Jr. and Jason Swain help us out here today. And all right, so I know that's this is what this is what the people want to hear. Let's let's take a trip down memory lane. Two thousand five, right, Tennessee goes down to LSU, and of course the circumstances they were awful. Hurricane Katrina, that game was delayed a little bit and all that. But uh, the game is played down at uh, in Tiger Stadium, and, and you go down there and Tennessee. What was it, guys? Down. Was it twenty-one nothing? Uh, I believe so. It was twenty. I twenty-one nothing or something like that, or twenty-one-seven. Twenty-one nothing. Yeah, here it is. Down uh, twenty-one nothing with about six fifty-five left in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Tennessee gets on the board for the first time about midway through the third quarter. So it took a little while. Yeah, but man, Tennessee comes storming back, <laughs> scores fourteen or scores seventeen in the fourth quarter. You go to overtime. Tennessee wins thirty to twenty-seven. Gerald, we can start with you, man. What, what you just when you think of that game? When people ask you about that game, what do you say? Uh, roller coaster, man. <laughs> Definitely a roller coaster. I mean, starting from um, really that Friday leading up to the game. You know, we normally have a routine that we get into and uh, and everything to go to the game and and travel and get set up and go through that whole process. And I just remember you know, them telling us, all right, guys, we're, we're not going to be able to travel today. We're going to play the game on Sunday. So we're going to travel till Saturday. We're going to travel tomorrow. And then obviously that trickled over into Sunday. And then they said, all right, guys, well, here's the deal. We're going <laughs> to get up Monday morning. We're going to go play the game, travel, play the game Monday night, and come back. I can't believe and y'all traveled remember, and played on the same day. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was one of the craziest things. Um, you know, it took you back to high school almost kind of sense. You know what I mean? Getting on the bus, going to the game. But it was much different, you know, obviously being on a plane and, you know, we had a much different process from that standpoint of how everybody liked to prepare. And when, um, you know, I I think everybody can agree that I was in that situation. You know, we were just kind of in a fog that first half. Um, you know, there wasn't it wasn't like they were doing anything special. We just couldn't get anything right. You know, we just it was, it was it, we were just in a fog. You know, everybody was kind of like, all right, man, you know, trying to get going. It's like getting out of bed in the morning, you know what I mean? As old guys now, you try to get your legs going a little bit. You're like, takes you a few minutes, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, once we were able to set, I remember we came in at halftime and, um, you know, few, few, you know, there's a little bit of back and forth going on in just in terms of what, you know, what, what needed to be done, kind of what the deal was. And, um, you know, had coach come in and just kind of tell everybody, hey, man, chill out, you know what I mean? And in so many different words, but chill out. And, uh, you know, let's just settle down and play some football. And, and I think and once, you know, we got back into uh, – once we came out in that second half, um, you know, having and, – and, and having, uh, you know, obviously Eric got hurt in that game. But when Rick came in, you know, that kind of settled everybody too. You know what I mean? Because Rick was everybody's guy. And when, you know, getting in that game and the way that his, he, he operated at that position at the time, um, you know, just kind of settled everybody down. And when we came in in that second half – uh, we just got back to doing what we knew how to do, and and, and that's just going out and, and you know and playing good football, man. Playing you know and executing, and and that's what we were able to do, man. We just you know trickled away at it, you know one play at a time. Um, LSU definitely got tired. I mean they 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 came out with everything they had early in in, in that ball game, um, and we were a well conditioned team. I, I, I don't believe that there was any other uh, program in the country that was as conditioned as we were. So you know for us to be able to kind of rely on that. Uh, in that game as well and we just like I said we just triggered away man in the second half and play by play and we're eventually able to come back all right 
Swain, you're over there. You're over there smirking the entire time. You step up. What, what, what do you think of when you think of that game? Yeah, I remember uh, traveling the day of the game and going to the hotel for a couple of couple of you know, minutes, actually, uh, right. and then going going to the to the stadium. And I just remember how humid it was. I mean, it was early in the season, so it was hot, boy. Um, and then uh, the, the warm ups, walking past Mike the Tiger, like. That's, that wasn't that wasn't fun. That, that who was, was hey, who fun. was that? That was like nah, bro. Like I ain't going out there. Somebody wasn't somebody that was like they had. I don't right know, but I thought about it. Yeah, I don't know, but I I thought about not going out there. I was like, yo, this this this. I didn't sign up to go to the zoo today, so I don't, I don't want to walk past Tiger. But you know, I I remember that. Uh, I remember how bad we played in the first half, and like I've never been cussed out. Like I'm a grown ass man. Like if people ain't just even cussing me out and talking to me any type of way. Like I, I remember being talked to so bad. And it was a group, it wasn't like it was individual. Uh you know, halftime you have the locker room, which the visiting locker room is always, always trash, always raggedy and always small. But like I remember at halftime, offense was on one side, defense was on on one side, and then on each side of the room, you still have your positions still break out into smaller, smaller groups in different parts of the locker room. And I remember like my position coach talking so bad to us, Gerald. Like it was, it was so, it was so bad. And uh, he didn't care about us traveling the day of the game. Like the excuses at a point, just, it don't matter. You either get the job done or, or you don't. Um, and we came out in the second half and, and, and made some plays. Uh, Gerald was on fire, man. Gerald was in the zone, and this this game meant a lot to Gerald for you know for some crazy reason. Like guys like uh, Chris Brown, who's from Louisiana. You have you have guys that when you play certain teams out of the state, you have players from that state, and we know like it means a lot to them. Like we play Alabama, everybody know that you know I'm going to to, to be ready to roll because I want to beat my old team. Or we play Georgia. There's people from Georgia, but for some reason Gerald was. It was like Gerald thought he was from Louisiana or something. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I knew that LSU was a school that Gerald um, almost went to because of Nick Saban. Um, mm. And so, like, that game just – it meant something much more for Gerald. Man, he was running possessed. Uh, like, he was he was on one that, that game. That was a fun game. Um, I didn't really do anything. I didn't, I didn't catch any balls. I you know, I ran some pretty good routes, but for me, it was about blocking. <laughs> I blocked my tail off. Definitely have some good blocking downfield, man. I'll tell yeah, you I was much. blocking my tail off for you, man. Hey, look, that, hey, that block, hey, look, I'll tell you that much, man. Like him and Meach and uh, and CJ, man, those guys were getting after it downfield, man. They they were making it happen. Um, but yeah. no, Swain was right, man. Like, you know, my dad's originally from Louisiana, so you know, there's a lot of people there that were watching, uh, that were pretty upset that I didn't choose to go to LSU. You know, ultimately, um. And, and I'll be honest, like, that was up until pretty much signing day. That was my school. That was my spot. Like, that's where I were, really wanted to go to school. I loved it. Um, but just kind of, you know, there were some things that I found out. It was like, hey, you know, Saban may not be there your whole time there. And, you know, I've been around football pretty much all my life. I know what coaching changes are like. So I was like, no, nah, you know, Tennessee was the best place for me to go. So, uh, but it was, it was one of those opportunities, man, where you get to play against a program that, you know, you've always watched and you've always had respect for. Um, and then again, it was on the national stage. I mean, you know, you wanted to go out and, and play well. Um, you know, we had come, we were coming off of a loss uh, against Florida, I believe it was, um, in a game where, you know, I 
felt like I probably could have touched it a little bit more than uh than they than they gave it to me in that particular game. And um, you know, coaches said, Hey, well, you're gonna get your opportunity to, to show us that you can put the team on your back uh if we need to. So, you know, that was just one of those moments where, you know, I just really wanted to show up, you know, for my for my team and 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 to go out there and, you know, do everything we can to help us get a win. Man, I remember yeah, Gerald, I think uh looking at the stats here, you had a touchdown in the fourth quarter and of course you had the yeah, the touchdown in overtime to win the game. And I heard Swain had just like crackback blocks on both of them, just downfield getting it, right, to, to spray you. So that was good. But when you got in the end zone there in overtime, what was the celebration like on the field in the locker room for you guys? And, and Swain, feel free to jump in here. Um, I just – I mean, at the time, you know, when, when they scored that last touchdown, you know, obviously adrenaline's pumping. You know what I mean? You know, you know at that moment, I just remember saying – I remember saying to myself to the, at that snap because before that drive – um Randy Sanders who was our OC at the time he like looked at me he was like hey man you know are you okay and I remember being like yeah I'm fine like what's going on and he was like cool because you're going to get this damn ball every time until we score so I remember saying that's why I was like all right man take a deep breath and you know just go out and get it done and on that last run I was you know I was exhausted like like Swain said a few minutes ago it was humid you could cut the air with your hand I mean it was humid uh, you know, you were just sweating every single bit of whatever you had out. You know, anytime you drank water, it was gone within like two minutes. I mean, you had to, it was just water upon water. But, you know, it was it was one of those games where, again, you just had to, you know, it was a gut check. And uh, I just remember saying, hey, man, just don't stop your feet. No matter what happens uh, on this carry, just do not stop your feet. You know what I mean? Just get your shoulders down, get low, and and, and run as hard as you can. And, you know, to get in at the end, and once I realized I was in, um, it was really just one of those moments of like, you know, at first it was like, all right, man, you know, kind of, kind of, kind of beast you a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Kind of let you have it a little bit. So, you know, you want to kind of stare, you know, stare him down, you know what I'm saying? Give him that kind of, give, give him that kind of vibe. But then it was just pure exhaustion at the end, you know, we're just after the long game, because even though it was only, you know, Swank said, we played numerous overtime games uh, in our career where, you know, games went a lot longer than that. But just because, again, the situation and everything, I think it was just the overall exhaustion of the weekend, man. Once it was done, um, I know myself, man, I was just I was just exhausted. I couldn't I couldn't, you know, really think about anything else other than getting into the locker room, get my stuff off, man. And and, uh, you know, getting on that bus and getting going back home, and, you know, and getting some rest. But um, I, I, I do remember, you know, at, you know, at the end, though, that everybody was just excited, man. It was kind of like a relief, you know what I mean, for. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I don't know how Swain felt about it, but I know for a lot of guys too, it was just a relief that it was all that it was over with from that weekend, just because of how much had to go into it, and you know, just kind of get kind of get off the snot a little bit. Like I said, we had lost a week before in a season where we were expected to do a lot, um, you know, and it, it just felt good to get a win on the road like that. Swain, tell me what you remember about after that game, the celebration, then and then tell me about the 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 uh, the frozen oranges and beer cans under the bus. <laughs> There were there were two games I remember overtime where like our players had great walk off celebration uh, moments. Uh, the first one, my freshman year, we played in Alabama five overtime game, mm -hmm. and defensively it was fourth down and threw the ball to the end zone. Uh, I want to say it was Brody Core throwing it to Dre Fulgham, and Jason Allen uh, broke up the pass, took his helmet off, and just threw it down and just mean mug the crowd. And I, I was like, oh, man, that's cool right there. Like, it was – Jason Allen looked really cool uh, in that moment. And then 05, when Gerald 
scored the touchdown and spiked the ball. I think that was the first time I realized Gerald was left-handed, honestly. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Gerald had the face mask, the, the visor, uh, the smoke visor, and just Gerald looked so cool, man. He looked so cool. That was two cool uh, walk-off moments there where Tennessee won the game. Um, yeah, LSU fans are pissed off, man. I mean, emotionally, <laughs> you had Hurricane Katrina, uh, but remember – they had two hurricanes that hit. Mm-hmm. Rita was worse than Katrina. So Rita hit after Katrina, and they had a lot of people that were uh, displaced from their homes. And football was like the thing that kind of brought that whole state together. And I think LSU fans were hoping that they were going to have the type of moment that the Saints had. Remember the Saints played, I want to say the Falcons, and nothing that the Falcons did was right. Like the Saints just, it just they just came in. Just yeah, the Falcons couldn't do the Falcons couldn't do yeah. any right that game. I remember. Oh that. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the LSU fans felt like that was supposed to happen for for their team. And in the first half, it did. Um, and then Tennessee came back, and you know we won that game. But they were pissed off, and they were emotional, and I'm sure most of them were drunk and just didn't know how to you know handle yeah. their disappointment. So I guess they took it out on on the bus and us and throwing. You know, well, you remember the lady. You remember like the. Uh, I don't know if you remember the lady that when we first came in, because you know you have to come down that that skinny road behind the stadium that they send the buses down where all of the the main tailgates for LSU are. I don't know if you remember the old lady. She had to be pushing eighty. That um took you know filled, she literally went to the to the keg and filled up a whole beer just to throw it at the bus. Um, <laughs> she had a tight. She had her tiger tail on with her hat and her beads. Um. And I think that was the other the other one where they threw a full beer can and broke one of the windows on the uh, administrative bus where all the administ with all the uh, front office people were. They broke that bus because I remember uh, God rest his soul, Miss J. She called me and was like, "Hey, baby, you guys all right up there?" And I was like, "Yeah, we're fine, man. You know, they just rocking the bus a little bit." She was like, "Well, they're breaking windows back here." <laughs> yeah, I, cool. I do not. Um, I'm not surprised at all, man. It was it was an emotional time for uh, the Louisianans down there. And uh, I know it was special for guys like Chris Brown that, that, that went to high school down there and knew a lot of guys on the football team. So um, we need that win, man. After, you know, kind of allowing Florida to escape, we go down there and had an opportunity to beat Florida. It was a low-score game. Defense had a great mm-hmm. game plan. And offensively, we kind of pissed down our leg. Um, so it was good to see Rick in that, in that huddle and everyone have belief in him. And he's a guy that played at LSU, so he had a lot of friends on that team too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a lot of people felt like he should have been the starter, and so I know offensively they just wanted to do it for him. And uh, that was just a really, really, really cool moment, man, to have Rick come in and kind of lead Tennessee to a victory, uh, and then Gerald have the game that he had. Obviously, fun to look back on and and kind of talk about like we've been doing here, and you know, hopefully a, ge- a game tonight uh, will be or today rather will be the the same for Tennessee at LSU. It's a game where. The Volunteers looking to go 5-0 and and come back and uh, set up a big-time showdown with Alabama. But first, you got to go to handle business on the road. It's never easy against the LSU Tigers. Out the door, guys, I want your score predictions, but also I want a bold prediction. So whatever whatever yeah. you feel, um, you know, it can be a 100-yard rusher, two interceptions, whatever the case may be. Uh, Swain, what's your score prediction and a bold prediction for today, Tennessee-LSU? I, mean, I think Tennessee will win by a touchdown. I don't think Tennessee will co- cover the spread. Um, man, I still haven't 
gotten that number down just 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 yet. Um, but I think I do think Tennessee is good enough to win by a touchdown. I know the line has been moving all week, up and down, up and down. But uh, I like what Tennessee um, offensively the, the matchup against LSU's defense, and then LSU's offense is struggling, and they don't have an Anthony Richardson. Uh, against against Tennessee, so I say Tennessee scores by touchdown, and then you know a bold a bold prediction. Um, I think I think Tennessee will get themselves a non offensive touchdown in this game. So how about that? All, a non offensive touchdown in this game. Uh, that's a pretty bold prediction. That takes a lot of pressure off of Hendon Hooker uh, to be able to to score without even being on the football field. Yeah, I like that. I like that. A non-offensive touchdown, special teams, and, of course, it could come on defense. Jared, what do you got? Score and bold prediction. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit more on the score. I think we'll, I think we'll win by 10. Um, you know, I think that we'll, we'll be able to come out and get some things done and, uh, you know, break it open a little bit more than that. But bold prediction-wise, I think, I think we get a couple sacks uh, on defense. I think we get a couple sacks. Um you know, obviously set that offense back. And then uh, I think we get a big score on special teams. I like it. I like it. Guys, awesome stuff. Really appreciate it. Uh, you guys joining the BFL Players Lounge game day podcast here at VolQuest.com. Uh, awesome stuff. Appreciate your analysis, your thoughts, and, of course, revisiting that 05 uh, Tennessee win at LSU. Gerald, Jason, appreciate you guys, and please come back anytime. Thanks for having me. We, we enjoyed it. Awesome. Good stuff. All right. That's going to do it here for this edition of the VFL Players Lounge, brought to you by the Volunteer Club, powered by Spire Sports. As always, please follow the general quarters and at VolQuest underscore on three throughout the game day for continual coverage. You can find me on Twitter as well at underscore Kaner. It's Tennessee at LSU today, 11 a.m. local, noon Eastern. We'll see if the Volunteers can get to 5-0 and uh, before coming back to Knoxville. Guys, thank you so much. Really enjoy it. As always, this has been the VFL Players Lounge. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply